Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio, keeping you connected to your faith and your world. Teresa tackles the issues of faith and culture, the pro-life message, and media awareness. And now, here's Teresa Tamio. Hope your Thursday is going well. It's a feast of St. Bartholomew. Pray for us. It's August 24th, 2023. Good to be with you on EWTN. So much to talk about. It's a Thursday. That means our very own Father Mitch Pacwa from the network is going to be with us not only will he be with us today, but if you go to the family celebration this weekend, you'll meet him in person. Won't that be exciting and fun? He is just such a, a wonderful priest and just so friendly and down to earth. You'll really enjoy meeting him. So if you have not checked out the opportunities to meet all of the wonderful personalities that will be there this weekend, you can go to EWTN.com to find out more about the family celebration. All right. Now, speaking of Father Mitch, he will be on with us for our cultural connections. We are going to take a look at a story that we're covering here for you on EWTN, Ave Maria, and all of our news outlets, including CNA, Catholic News Agency, The Register, EW10 News Nightly, and so on and so forth. And of course, Raymond Arroyo Show, The World Over. Big story out of my home state of Michigan. Thanks be to God, a Michigan farmer, and we'll again have this as our lead story in the news and talk about this with Father Mitch, can continue selling his products at a farmer's market after a court ruled that city officials in East Lansing, which is about 90 minutes, eh, 70 minutes north of Detroit, toward the central Michigan area, violated his religious freedom when they barred his taking part in the event because of his Catholic views on marriage. So we'll talk to Father Mitch about this and and really giving us a perspective about why it really is important, as we mentioned before in this segment and other segments on, on Catholic Connection, that we really need to stand up and utilize the systems that are in place to fight back against this. This man and his family have been selling their their wonderful organic fruits and veggies at this market for years, and people love their products. But because on his farm he allows for weddings, for receptions and whatnot, he is a Catholic, and he believes in the Catholic teachings on marriage. And he was asked that question on Facebook, and then all heck broke loose. Seven years in the making this decision. And yet when you listen to, and Andrew's going to share a soundbite with him when we have Father Mitch on to talk about it, he's not angry, he's not bitter, he's grateful for the people who supported him, he's grateful for the opportunity to defend his faith, even though it was a long battle, and I'm sure there's going to be other challenges, but this is very, very good news, and thanks to the amazing lawyers at Alliance Defending Freedom who were with him all the way. So we'll talk about that with Father Mitch, and then we're going to wrap up, and I think a very timely interview, an important one with our friends at the Cardinal Newman Society. They have their new college search guide that's out. So if you have young people that are beginning to look at colleges, and especially if you're concerned about our education system, as we all should be, where do we send our young people to make sure that they'll get the education that they need in terms of the areas of interest Let's say if they want to be an engineer or a journalist or a nurse or whatever. But then how do we know that we're not putting them in a situation that is totally going to destroy them faith-wise, which we hear about over and over again. So this is why the Cardinal Newman Society is so helpful. So Katie Solomon will be with us at 39 minutes past the hour, and that is our show for today. Well, the weather has been giving us quite a show. Andrew and I were just talking about all the storms that moved through southeastern Michigan yesterday and last night. It was like a constant light show in Metro Detroit with the lightning. It was like nonstop and heavy rain and thunderstorms, and we still have that this morning. But other parts of the country also effective. 
affected, I should say, excessive heat and humidity continuing across much of the central part of the country with moisture, according to the National Weather Service, spinning around the outer edges with areas of locally heavy rain. As a cold front moves through the upper Midwest, temps will moderate. Tropical storm herald remnants in the four quarters and heavy showers and thunderstorms ahead of the cold front in the upper Midwest and Northeast may produce localized flash flooding. So still some rough weather out there. Just take it easy and be careful and uh, stay tuned to our programs and we'll keep you up to date. Right now, it's already four minutes past the hour. Let's get to the news so we have as much time as possible with Father Mitch Pacwa. Here we go. Well, as we mentioned, a Michigan farmer can now continue selling his products at a local farmer's market after a court ruled, as Catholic News Agency explains, that city officials in East Lansing, Michigan, did violate his religious freedom when they barred his taking part in the event because of his Catholic views on marriage. Country Mill Farms was banned from selling fruit from the orchards at the farmer's market after Steve Tenass posted on Facebook that he and his business adhere to Catholic teaching related to marriage. Because he offers part of his property as a wedding venue but does not rent out the property for so-called same-sex weddings, officials of the city claimed he violated their non-discrimination policies. However, in an August 21st ruling, a U.S. District Court judge found that the city's refusal to allow the family to take part in the market violated his constitutional rights under the Free Exercise Clause of the First Amendment. Catholic News Agency also reporting today that South Carolina's Supreme Court ruled Wednesday that a law protecting unborn babies with detectable heartbeats from abortion is constitutional and can go into effect. The ruling ending a circuit court's injunction that it temporarily blocked the fetal heartbeat in protection from abortion act, which was signed by the governor, Henry McMaster, back in May. Planned Parenthood and Greenville Women's Clinic have requested the injunction, claiming the law violated constitutional rights to privacy, equal protection, and due process. The 4-1 ruling is a victory for pro-life legislators in the state, which passed a similar law in 2021. That law was blocked more than a year later and struck down by the state Supreme Court in January of this year. Republican candidates are president sparring over a national abortion ban. In a debate on the Fox News channel last night, former Vice President Mike Pence saying he'd push for a federal 15-week ban on abortion if elected president. The American people will have a champion for life in the Oval Office. But former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley said although she's unapologetically pro-life, she's arguing that a national ban would never make it through Congress. 70% of the American people support legislation to ban abortion after a baby is capable of... North Dakota's Governor Doug Burgum saying such a ban is unconstitutional and the issue should be left up to the states to decide. Former President Donald Trump, meanwhile, opted to skip out last night's event and instead sat down for a new interview with former news anchor Tucker Carlson. And Mark Mayfield tells us nearly all the Republican presidential candidates say they would support the former president if he becomes the party's nominee. In a debate on the Fox News channel, the candidates were asked if they would support Trump even if he were convicted in any of the four ongoing criminal cases into his conduct. All but former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson raised their hand. The candidates have signed a pledge to support the eventual Republican nominee. Cardinal Timothy Dolan, the Archbishop of New York, will celebrate Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral in Armagh, Ireland this weekend to commemorate 150 years of its dedication, which took place on August 24th in 1873. As Deborah Castellano-Lufoff reports from the Vatican News, 
For the special occasion, the Cardinal and the Archbishop from St. Pat's in New York will be the main celebrant and preacher at a Mass this weekend. This Thursday to Sunday, the Archdiocese of Armagh will be celebrating. The foundation stone of the cathedral was laid by Archbishop and Primate William Crawley on St. Patrick's Day in 1840, but all building work was later suspended due to the famine and funds raised were distributed for the relief of the poor. In 1854, work on the cathedral resumed after Easter. Under the leadership of Primate Joseph Dixon, it was Primate Daniel McGettigan who oversaw the completion of the building and declared Sunday the 24th of August, 1873 as the day of opening and dedication. Massive crowds from all over Ireland and beyond attended the opening. Archbishop Eamon Martin has invited the people of Ireland and around the world, especially those whose ancestors contributed to the construction of the cathedral, to join in joyful prayers of thanksgiving on this special anniversary. In other news this morning, after falling below 900, the FBI's official list of missing from the Hawaii wildfire back up to around 1,100, the death toll remaining at 115. But that is also expected to dramatically increase as more of those missing are found and identified. Maui County officials do plan to release, they say, the names of the missing people soon in hopes of finding them alive. The economic losses in the deadly wildfires on Maui could be up to $6 billion. That's according to new estimates that put the losses at between 4 and $6 billion. The risk modeling agency, Moody, says about three-quarters of the losses will be covered by insurance because of Maui's high insurance penetration rates. Insured property value in Lahaina ranged from 25 to $4 billion. And House Republicans may be launching, meanwhile, an investigation into the federal response to the Maui wildfires. Speaker Kevin McCarthy telling reporters that he's very concerned about the response and questioned why there were so many deaths. He said he believes there's going to have to be a congressional investigation into the Biden administration's efforts. Again, at least 115 people were killed in the wildfires. Record temperatures are possible today as a dangerous heat wave blankets parts of the southern and central U.S. The National Weather Service says heat alerts have been issued from New Orleans to Minneapolis, affecting some 22 states and about 130 million Americans. Kentucky Republican James Comer says there's a good chance Putin was behind a plane crash that reportedly killed the leader of the Wagner mercenary group. This could backfire against Putin if Putin were somehow responsible for this, which the odds that he were are very high. Russian state media reports the leader was on the passenger list of a crashed plane that went down north of Moscow. The chairman of the House Oversight Committee said it's unclear what caused the crash and if the leader was really on board. Trey Thomas tells us the FAA is investigating or investing hundreds of millions of dollars to address near collisions at airports in the U.S. The Federal Aviation Administration announced today that it's serious about ending runway incursions, according to a statement. The agency said in the release that it would put up another $121 million to reduce the risk. According to FAA data, there have been nearly 1,500 runway incursions since last October. Sales of pre-owned homes fell to their lowest level in six months in July. Financial advisor Winnie Soon gives some perspective on how to navigate for a better rate as the mortgage average has hit the highest level we've seen in a generation. Maybe look at a credit union, maybe look at an online bank and see what the rates are. Remember, when getting your mortgage, this is a transaction. It doesn't need to be a long-term relationship. You don't need to love your lender, but you want to make sure you love your rate. The National Association of Realtors says existing home sales slowed 2.2% to an annual rate of about 4 million units. The group's chief economist, citing the lack of available housing and higher mortgage rates, 
for keeping buyers on the sidelines. All four regions of the country registering year-over-year declines, and they say the median price for an existing home was $406,700, and that was the number four last month, the month of July. And finally, in our news segment at about 13 minutes past the hour on a Thursday morning, August 24th, Aaron Real, meanwhile, tells us that first-time homeowners and empty nesters both like the smaller concepts, and builders in the U.S. are happy to provide them. Since 2018, the average unit size for new housing starts has decreased 10% nationally to 2,400 square feet. This is according to Livable by Zonda. Starts for homes with fewer than three bedrooms have increased 9.5% since 2022. At the same time, for entry-level buyers across the nation, the cost of owning a home has increased 72% from February 2020 to May 2023. The lower list price might make the overall price cheaper, but buyers are still paying more per square foot, according to U.S. Census Bureau data. It is a Thursday, and that means after the break, we're going to be talking with Father Mitch Pacwa from EWTN Radio and TV, of course. And we're going to be discussing the positive fallout and what this says about what we need to do, being willing to stand up for our religious freedom, our rights, our constitutional rights. The story of a Michigan farmer who was victorious, at least for now, and we hope this sticks. Right now, he can continue selling his products at a farmer's market after a court ruled that city officials in East Lansing, Michigan, violated his religious freedom when they banned his taking part in the event because of his Catholic views on marriage. So we'll talk with Father Mitch Pacwa about that and what we are facing in our culture today overall. That's why we call this section Cultural Connections. It's a Thursday. We are so glad you're tuning in to EWTN, and we'll be right back. The wisdom of Mother Angelica. The devil will always do his best to tempt you into sin until you get to that place where you love sin. That's what he wants. He wants you down there with him. And not because he loves you, he hates you. When you do what the enemy tempts you to do, he does it out of pure hatred. EWTN. Live truth. Live Catholic. Since 2010, our family farm had taken our uh, organic fruit and cider and donuts into the city of East Lansing. And for seven years, we sold to people of all backgrounds without incident, without complaint. In fact, the city of East Lansing invited us back every year. They even said, we love the country mill. But that all changed uh, in August of 2016 when we answered a question on social media asking about our beliefs on marriage. And as Catholics, we believe marriage is between a man and a woman. And that is what we choose to celebrate with our family here at our family farm, at our home where we live. And as soon as that happened, unfortunately, the city started pressuring us not to come back to the farmer's market. And eventually, we had to ask the court to step in to allow us to continue to sell uh, for the last seven years now. So seven years before this incident and now seven years after, we continue to sell to people of all backgrounds without any issues or complaints. That is farmer Steve Tennis from the central Michigan area of East East Lansing. And he is talking about the decision that was just reached this week, saying that the city officials in that city of East Lansing violated his religious freedom when they barred his taking part in the event because of his Catholic views on marriage. Father Mitch Paco reacting to this. And, and Father, what I noticed, and, and that's actually part of an interview that, that he did along with the attorney from ADF Alliance Defending Freedom for Fox News Digital, you didn't sense any anger in his voice. He just explained the situation and said, we're trying to be faithful Catholics. We're glad to be back in the market. But imagine seven years, Father, it took, because this happened in 2017. Good morning. Thanks for joining us. 
Good morning. Good to be with you. Um, this is uh, part of the, the what, what I think is a, a madness to, uh, for instance, push for you know anybody who's against gay marriage, remove them, isolate them, punish them. Uh, th- this is a, a, a madness on their part. That, you know, any idea that it began with that, well, different people have their right to their own view of marriage. And it's exactly what I've been saying for uh, over 20 years uh, at EWTN, that they can start off as relativists and they try to use relativistic values to get you to say, well, this is okay. But once they get their position and their power, then you may not disagree with them. They become totalitarian in the way they insist, even to the point of trying to harm uh, a farmer's business by not letting them bring their superb fruit and vegetables to market. That is a lesson to learn not only for this farmer, and this is why it has to be brought to court. This is a lesson that is across the country. You, uh, you do the same thing with uh, gender reassignment, uh, name it, name it. Mm-hmm. And what you see is uh, you may not disagree. We, it's a, a relativistic position until we win, and then totalitarian thought control has to be exercised for against anybody who disagrees. That is not only in the marketplace, it's in the university, and, of course, in government. Well, Father, this is, I think I said seven years, it's actually six. Sorry, math is not my... <laughs> Best, uh, my best uh, gift or, or gift I at all. I not yeah. going to say a word. <laughs> yeah, so it was about six years and actually a little bit longer if you think about what started, I think, right before that. But anyway, so six plus years that they've been fighting this. It, it seems to me, though, so ridiculous that you have to go through and jump through so many legal hoops and the persecution that, that he took. And also, if you do a re- it does some research, and I'm going to be talking about this tomorrow in my Fact Check Friday segment, if you look at the way secular media outlets versus Catholic, other Christian, and some conservative outlets covered this, and the headlines, just look at the headlines. Google this story and look at the headlines. Call him anti-gay, anti-gay marriage. So he's a bad yep. guy, but he won a case in court. That's how he's being presented. Oh, again, this they have to do this. This is part of... The, the thought control that uh, has to be exercised when something that is as unsuccessful as gay marriage. I mean, when you look at the statistics, you know, you, know, you see two problems. Uh, even with uh, the, the permission for gay marriage, uh, that, A, that's, well, three points. One, that's not enough. That it's, it's permitted. It has to be embraced by everybody, or else. That that was the case of the the tennis farm. Secondly, um, this is something that does not help marital fidelity among uh, among gay men in particular. 
among gay women, uh, it, it, they tend to be more faithful to each other than men are. But the average length of a monogamous relationship among gay men is two and a half years. And uh, five years is usually the limit. They may stay together for 20, 25 years, but not as a monogamous couple. Uh, they'll have an agreement. And that's not marriage. You know, to, to say that uh, you, you know you can be um, unfaithful is okay, uh, that, that's not a marital relationship. Um, so that's that's problematic. And then the third element is that it still does not change the the fact that the um, life expectancy is not improved. I'm afraid to say that you know it requires uh, you know a kind of you know sexual you know purity to be able to stay away from diseases. If you are married and faithful to your spouse, you have nothing to worry about. But the promiscuity that is endemic, more so, again, among uh, gay men than among gay women, um, the, the gay marriage issue doesn't help that. It doesn't help their life expectancy. This is not something that you can say, okay, it's such a great success, we should do everything to support it. That's not happening. And the other element, and this is basic and core to the Constitution, the first freedom that is given to us in the Bill of Rights is freedom of religion. Freedom of religion comes ahead of freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, or freedom of speech, because you have to have the right to form your conscience and have your, your thought and your, your, your will fashioned the way you want before you can speak. Your freedom mm -hmm. of speech depends on freedom of thought and freedom of will. And that's what the freedom of religion is about. And the Constitution does not require anybody to belong to a religion. In fact, Congress may not establish a religion. The states can, or at least they used to be able to until the 14th Amendment was applied against them. But the Congress cannot establish a religion. I don't want Congress to establish a religion. I don't want them to approve of any uh, of, of Catholicism. I don't want them to establish Catholicism as a They can't even hardly run the post office. Mm -hmm. I don't want them involved in the religion. We do enough messing up of religion on our own without mm -hmm. their help. Mm -hmm. So, but we do want freedom of religion and the freedom to make our mistakes, learn from our mistakes, and work as we all do in our spiritual life, to be ever more faithful to Jesus Christ and his church and the, the truths of it. That's the freedom that we want, and that's what the, con the Constitution guarantees. And you see that in the name of ideology, you, various governments at various levels, including at the federal level, want to impinge on it. Again, as we talked a few weeks ago, going after... 
Catholics who want Mass, uh, Latin in the Mass. Right. Uh, more with Father Mitch Pacwa. We'll talk more about this case out of Michigan, a victory for a Michigan farmer. But what he had to go through to get to this point. And this is uh, where we are in our culture today. But thanks be to God, there are people like him and wonderful law organizations such as Alliance Defending Freedom and others who are willing to stand up for our constitutional rights. We'll be right back. Thanks so much for tuning in to EWTN. Really enjoy having Father Mitch Pacwa on. He's a scripture scholar. He's an amazing priest and teacher on EWTN radio and TV every single week. You see him so many times. And last night on his program, his live program, he did have an attorney from ADF, John Birch, who's written a new book about transgender ideology. I've, I had him on my show, too. He was a, that's a great book. But, Father, getting back to this particular case with the Michigan farmer, Think about what this family had to go through. First of all, making that decision to say we're going to take this to court, and then six-plus years, and now 2017 this happened. Now it's 2023. And in addition to probably just wondering what was going to happen, he was greatly persecuted where people were not buying from him anymore, in addition to being kicked out of the market where he was very much welcomed, his products were were, were loved. He did get a lot of support from, he said in the the interview we played for you, it's a little bit longer, we played that clip, where he talked about so many people who weren't even coming at this from a religious basis did support him and said, this is ridiculous, this is just over the top, and, and we're sorry you're being treated this way. But it really has to take a strong person to be willing to go through something like this in order to stand. And, and this is what the other side is counting on. Oh, it's too much. It's too draining. He's not going to want to do this. He's going to cave, and then we can get other people to cave. Yep, yep, yep. And he, here's something that, um, uh, again, they, they depend on us being this way, they, uh, you know, that we would give up and say, okay, I, it's not worth it for me, uh, etc. And that, and in our relativistic society, it's one of the points that uh, John Bursch uh, said on my show about relativism, is that you have people becoming relativistic because, A, they don't want to have to judge their neighbor, so they just will go along with, well, this is your view, and I've got my view, and we'll just uh, do our thing. Uh, that's one point of view. And then the second issue is they oftentimes do not know how to argue through the issue. They don't have the data, and they don't have some of the philosophical tools to help them argue the point, so they say, well, I'll just leave it be. I don't need to argue about this. Um, this becomes highly problematic when, because in a democracy, you depend on people being able to make a good point about, uh, you know, uh, about what is their value. And in this case, we have so many people who are um, not able to, you know, to argue through issues, and then this bullying, because this is bullying, 
mm-hmm. to say you can't do business in our town. Uh, and, and, you know, and I think one of the points the article had made, he didn't live in the town where uh, East Lansing, that's not his district, and they're trying to legislate for him in his district. What, uh, and the, uh, you know, where, or excuse me, for him, who doesn't live in their town, but they still insist that he be the one to follow their rules. Now, that's unacceptable. Unacceptable. And uh, the, the difficulty... Uh, that and as a matter of fact, as I was thinking about this story this morning uh, after I finished my office, this is a worry about a very small percentage of uh, I think it's you know there were about six percent of homosexuals who were interested in getting married, mm-hmm. and they're a small percentage of the population. So there's a lot of rigmarole for all this. Meanwhile. You know, the majority of adults are not married, and uh, uh, about half of the children born in the country are born to unmarried people. And partly it's because of state intervention in marriage. What are they doing to preserve marriage so that children can be cared for by their mother and father? Mm -hmm. What are they doing about uh, helping the elderly. So many elderly do not get married, you know, a second time. They, they, they're, they're widows and widowers. Why don't they remarry? Because they will lose their Social Security if they marry. And it's what you are using government policy to discourage marriage between the elderly and affecting their health and, and well-being by punishing them with reducing their Social Security they had worked a lot of years to get. And you're worried about this tiny percentage, and are willing to punish businesses the way you are punishing the elderly who want to be married. This is a pretty big issue in my book. What are you doing to support marriage between men and women? And it seems as if they don't care in the government. They are choosing uh, sides about what marriage, which marriages they want to work and which ones they don't care about. And also, they don't help young families, as you mentioned earlier. What about women who are in a situation where they're pressured to abort, whether they're married or single? And where is it? And you have, for example, in the state of Pennsylvania, I just had the director, the CEO of Real Alternatives on, or the governor in Pennsylvania just ended their contract. Nope, I'm done. Meanwhile, this is an organization that helps people in so many situations, people in marriages, people in crisis Mm -hmm. situations, and and they just cut them off at the knees. And yet you have to have a certain way of thinking. You cannot deviate any way from what we are telling you is acceptable, regardless of the impact it has on the culture and society. And again and again, government policy is not helping support the most important institution in a society, right. namely the family. And secondly, they are being dictatorial and totalitarian in their thought. You dare not disagree in the name of their relativism, where everybody has their own opinion and such, they don't tolerate it. This 
is something as U.S. citizens, all of us need to pay very, very close attention to. Thank God that there are people like this family and wonderful groups like ADF that are out there to, to point this yep. out, Father. So that's what we, And we have to really support them and say thank you because getting this out there in the news and letting people know will give other people courage, hopefully, to do the same. Father, thank you. Thank you so, so much. And, and are you looking forward to the family celebration this weekend? I am. That's right here in Sweet Home, Alabama. Yep. Uh, uh, here in Birmingham, that um, we are going to have a family celebration where uh, folks are coming. They're ready. They came. We had a big group from Canada last night. Great, nice people, and um, it, it'll be great to have uh, even more folks show up for the family celebration right here at EWTN. So I imagine, and I've been encouraging a lot of folks to visit afterward, maybe after Saturday, to stay for a few days and go for a tour. Maybe they can sit in on another one of your shows. Father, have a great weekend. Have fun at the family celebration. And all the information will be on EWTN.com. We talk with the Cardinal Newman Society up next. Stay tuned. Thirty-nine minutes past the hour. Hope you're having a beautiful Thursday morning. It's August twenty-fourth. Always great to catch up with our friends at the Cardinal Newman Society. Kelly Salmon is vice president of the Newman Guide programs at the Cardinal Newman Society. So, Kelly, can't believe it's that time of year again. A new school year is either already kicked off, and some parts of our country are getting ready to begin. And I think on a lot of parents' minds, in addition to obviously getting their kids ready for the new school year, is to think about the near future of college, right? Good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Teresa. Great to be back on with you. So what do you think? What are parents thinking about right now as their kids are going, especially if they're in high school, say, sophomore or junior years? Yes, there's a lot of excitement right now as Catholic families head back to schools and colleges And for those with especially a junior or senior in high school, there's a lot of emphasis on what's next. Where is my son or daughter going to go for the next four years that's going to help them grow in their faith and prepare for their career? And so um, it's an exciting time, and families need a lot of help and guidance, and that's where I think the Carnal Newman Society can come in with some great resources to help navigate the college search. So talk about what you're offering in terms of narrowing things down for parents, because it can be overwhelming. Yes, it can be. You know, there's more than 200 Catholic colleges in the country, plus, of course, secular options. And so we recognize Faithful Catholic Colleges and the Newman Guide, which is available online. Uh, but t- today, Teresa, one of our exciting new resources we just posted on our website is our My Future, My Faith magazine, which is a companion to the Newman Guide. It's really a handbook uh, that gives practical college search tips from how to make a good campus visit to how to pay for college, how to find the college that's going to be the right fit for each student. And it also highlights the advantages of a faithful Catholic college from every aspect, from academics to dorm life to spiritual life to campus life and everything in between. So this is available now. I see the link on your homepage, correct? Yes, uh, Catholic families can go to CardinalNewmanSociety.org, our homepage, and they can request free co- copies of this handbook. We have limited 
copies of the hard edition remaining. We also have a PDF version and an ebook version of this My Future My Faith handbook. It has to be, I think, very uh, challenging because you want to make sure your child is, is, first of all, not drawn out of their faith, which happens so much at college, even as we know, and we've discussed this before many times, Kelly, at so-called Catholic colleges, right? But some of them are Catholic in name only. So I think, well, I'm sending my my, my son or daughter to a, a Catholic college and they're going to be fine. And then yeah. even if you decide to send them to a solid Catholic college, some concerns can can come up because perhaps they don't have, let's say, what some people would say will be the highest rated programs in other areas of, of study. Like if someone wants to be a nurse or a journalist, they don't have the same options that you would if, if you were at a different school. So it's got to be tough, I would think. It is tough. Uh, the reality is most Catholic colleges have secularized to varying degrees. As we get back into the school year, Teresa, I'm sure we'll have some conversations about I'm sure some of the issues we see every year on these campuses, they host student clubs, performances, plays that are really contrary to Catholic teaching. Uh, They also have professors pushing ideologies that are contrary to the faith. They have rampant uh, binge drinking and hookup cultures on campus. So it's no surprise that so many students are losing their faith on campus. And so that's got to be a top priority, a top consideration for families as they navigate the college search, that those critical years during a young person's life are so formative and so crucial to help them find a good fit. And uh, the exciting thing at many of the faithful Catholic colleges we recognize is that they have expanded uh, many of their programs. So many of them offer incredible now nursing programs, engineering programs, and other popular majors that families are looking for. In terms of some of the challenges that are at these other colleges, what are you seeing going into this, this school year, Kelly? Well, I received some calls from parents and families over the summer as they, you know, uh, as they filled out uh, different paperwork and things for Catholic colleges. Uh, some Catholic colleges have bought into gender ideology, and that is being reflected on their, when students are applying for admission, right, listing more than two sexes on their application, uh, even in some of their policies in terms of housing on campus. Uh, so gender ideology is a, a big concern of course, we always see uh, colleges, unfortunately, uh, pushing uh, pro-abortion uh, speakers and events on campus that obviously go against church teaching. Yeah, I'm looking at some of the stats that are in this this magazine. Even at Catholic colleges, nearly one in eight Catholics, Catholic students leaves the faith by graduation. That's because many of these colleges have become highly secular. And then many college students slide away from prayer, mass attendance, and Catholic beliefs, especially on secular campuses. So what else are you hearing from parents, Kelly, uh, in terms of their concerns about not just college, but also just schools in general and education? Sure. So uh, critical race theory, gender ideology, uh, pro-life concerns, uh, artificial intelligence. The Cardinal Newman Society doesn't shy away from the hard topics. We'll be hosting a webinar with superintendents and principals uh, later this month on artificial intelligence and how it can or can't be used in in Catholic education from an authentic Catholic uh, perspective. So uh, there's there's a lot of, you know, critical things Catholic families are facing uh, in a culture that seems to go one way. uh, We have to show the value of a faithful Catholic education that's going to, you know, form students for their careers and vocations where they'll make good, lifelong friends, where they will grow in wisdom and in virtue. 
And I also love speaking to the graduates of many of the faithful Catholic colleges who feel prepared not only for their careers, uh, but for their lives and are living really happy and joyful lives. Uh, Tracy, you might see the cover of this new handbook, My Future, My Faith. There's some really happy and joyful students on the cover uh, from Holy Spirit Academy in Monticello, Minnesota. It's actually one of the new K-12 schools that we recognize on the Newman Guide. And I just love their happy, joyful faces. I think it's a great reflection on on what a faithful Catholic education can really lead to. Yeah, the joy, I think, is super important to express because oftentimes we know that, that we're challenged by the culture and thinking that we're just a bunch of fuddy-duddies with a bunch of rules and that we don't enjoy life. But the way we do enjoy life is the way it's meant to be enjoyed because there's balance and, and there's structure. We're talking with Kelly Solomon, Vice President of the Newman Guide Program is the wonderful Cardinal Newman Society. What I really like about this magazine, and I'm looking at it, uh, and all you have to do is go to the website and you can download it for free. You really highlight, and you mentioned this briefly before, the other things that kids are going to come up against when they're in college. And you talk about dorm life. This is a huge part of the college experience if they're going away to college because they're spending a lot of time there outside of the classroom. Exactly. You know, students only spend about 15 hours a week in the classroom, so the rest is spent elsewhere. That's why we've got to think about dorm life. What policies does the college you're looking at have related to dorm life? Do they have dorms for students of single sex? right, Uh, female dorms and male dorms, and what are their visitation hours for students of the opposite sex to be in each other's bedrooms and and their dorm rooms late at night? Uh, We conducted a study a few years ago that showed that some Catholic colleges allow uh, men and women to be in each other's dorms at any hour of the day or night. And I think that's just another example of, you know, Catholic colleges not living up to their identity of giving students a healthy and and virtuous environment uh, where they can where they can have a good place to study, a good place to sleep, a good place to make friends. And so there's a wide variety of dorm policies. That's something to look very closely at in your college search. You also talk, which is very helpful, about a college search timeline. And, you, and let's go over some of the points you make for the fall of your junior year in high school, which will be right now, right, coming, up to, coming into the fall. Right. So it's time to start coming up with a list of of colleges that you're interested in. Go to the Cardinal Newman Society's website and explore the faithful Catholic colleges that we have profiled. High school students can sign up for our Recruit Me program, uh, which connects high school students with the Newman Guide Colleges. It also makes them eligible for our $5,000 essay scholarship contest. Uh, Another great opportunity for high school juniors that we should add to that timeline is that we host a virtual college fair. Uh, this year it will be on September 27th, 2023, just over a month. And it's a great opportunity to hop online from, from your own home, go and visit the virtual booth of all the Catholic colleges we recognize. There's, we'll be putting on some amazing live sessions. Uh, our founder, Patrick Riley, will be giving us a session on the difference between going to a secular college with a Newman Center versus going to a faithful Catholic college and the Newman Guide. Uh, And there will also be some presentations on unique scholarship opportunities for Catholic students. So I highly encourage, especially high school juniors uh, during this fall season, to come and attend our virtual college fair. That is an awesome opportunity. So what's the the date for that again? And we'll have you back on as we get closer to it, because that's huge. Awesome. It is huge. You know, last year was our first year, and we had such a tremendous response to it that we decided to do it again this year. This year, it's September 27th, 2023. It's a Wednesday. 
there's a daytime and evening session. So a number of Catholic schools around the country are going to get their whole classes online and tune in during the school day. Uh, other Catholic families will be joining us with their students in the evening. Uh, one of the other sessions we're going to have is Dr. Uh, Andrew Swafford and his wife Sarah will be presenting on how you're not just choosing a college, you're choosing a formation. And they have a really Ooh. powerful testimony about how they experience uh, Jesus Christ during college and, and what their advice is to high school students. That's a great title because it is years of formation, and depending on who, you know by whom will you be formed, that's the big question, right? Yes. It exactly. seems so much more complicated now, though. Of course, I realize that, that you know, I've been out of school for decades, out of college for decades, but, but it seems so much more detailed now than it was years ago. Is that true, or is it just something I'm, I'm, I'm seeing? No, I think it is true, and I think families are very particular about what they're looking for, uh, and so I, I do want them to be avail- uh, know about all these great free resources. My Future My Faith Handbook, we make free and available to Catholic families across the country. We printed 50,000 copies this year, and we're getting them out to high school students across the country, and so Catholic families, I encourage you to read it and then share it with those in your community. And so what's nice about this is with the timeline, you have the fall of your junior year, winter and spring of your junior year, and then you go into for the summer between your junior and senior years, which will be obviously right now or next year, fall of your senior year, winter and spring of your senior year. So it kind of gives you a real good schedule and kind of a list. Okay, we should be doing this, we should be doing that, the testing, the research, looking for scholarships. Sometimes that can be, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of our interview, overwhelming, but if you have somewhat of a structure to follow, this should be really helpful for parents. Yes, that's our hope. Uh, We want to give them the practical tips they need. Uh, A lot of families also love the article about how to pay for college that's in that magazine. And then another really good one is how to know which college is right for you. There's some students who are looking maybe just at the Newman Guide Colleges, but each Newman Guide College is very different. It's going to have a different campus culture, campus charism, approach education. So how do you determine which one is really where you're going to thrive? And and there's a great article on that in the magazine. And you also have a contest, an essay contest, where students can win up to $5,000, right? That's right. Our annual essay scholarship contest, uh, last year's winner, is headed to Christendom College this fall. And he said uh, that his older siblings attended a faithful Catholic college, and he sees them leading really happy and fulfilled lives. And so he wants to do the same thing, uh, which I thought was really beautiful, uh, as he wrote about in his essay. And so this year's contest will open in December, and uh, students will have a couple months to submit their essays. Uh, to the Cardinal Newman Society's $5,000 essay scholarship contest. Wow, $5,000 will go a long, long way. Kelly, thank you so much. Uh, For more information on My Future, My Faith, navigating the transition from high school to college, there are some hard copies available, but you can download it by going to the org. Again, that's org. Okay, Kelly, so we're going to get you scheduled before you have that virtual uh, college tour. That's awesome. Awesome. We would love that. Thank you, Teresa. All right. God bless and have a great weekend. Wonderful folks at the Cardinal Newman Society. And this magazine, I just downloaded it, by the way, looking at it. I wish they had this when I was going to college. Well, I don't even want to say when that was. It was years ago. (laughs) Years and years. Okay. I graduated 42 years ago. 
42 years, as my mother would say. And so I entered college in 1977. We had nothing like this available at all. Thanks be to God for the resources we have now, cardinalnewmansociety.org. It is a Thursday morning. Thanks for tuning in to the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. We'll be right back. We'll let you know about Friday's show in just about two minutes. Stay tuned. Would you get on a plane that doesn't have a pilot? Investing in passive index mutual funds may present the same issue. The Ave Maria mutual funds are actively managed by seasoned investment professionals to help you meet your investment goals in a morally responsible way. Ave Maria funds are managed to conform to pro-life and pro-family values. Long-term investors could invest in the no-load Ave Maria mutual fund. You can learn more about the Ave Maria mutual funds at 866-AVE-MARIA or visit AveMariaFunds.com. What if you moved more? Could this change the course of disease? I'm Chuck Gatica, and this is Journey Strong. Dr. James Hicks of the University of California says that exercise not only helps prevent disease, but it can actually alter disease trajectories. If you are able to move in some way, you can move more. Even seated, just move your arms and legs more. That's adding cardio to your life. If you add lifting a few weights or using bands, this can help. I said help prevent major diseases. Don't forget counting gardening, walking a big box store, bike riding, and even dancing. We are encouraged to add 7,500 steps a day to our life. One day last month, I fertilized the lawn, weeded the garden while listening to great Catholic content, and walked the dogs twice. I got almost 10,000 steps in before 3 p.m. If I can do it, so can you. For more, look for our Journey Strong tab at the homepage of AveMariaRadio.net. People ask how they can care for older family members who can't fully care for themselves. One answer is Visiting Angels, America's choice in senior home care. Visiting Angels assists adults nationwide with 600 locations to continue living at home and not have to move into a nursing home. Their caregivers provide assistance in hygiene, meals, and lighthouse work. Services are provided up to 24 hours per day, and you can select your caregiver before service begins. More information, including franchise opportunities, is on the web at visitingangels.com. Thanks so much for tuning in to Catholic Connection, a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN. Tomorrow, it's a Friday. That means Doug Keck, our president and chief operating officer, joining us. Of course, we'll be talking about the beautiful family celebration as well as upcoming items, issues, and events that the network will be covering. Items about which you want to make a note because you will be enjoying them on TV or on air or online or all three. We're also going to be having our Fact Check Friday segment. We're going to take a look at how the media are treating the story that we discussed with Father Mitch Pacwa this morning about the farmer in Michigan who won his right to continue selling his products in the market. And then wrapping up with Immaculate Ilabagiza, who is going to be a speaker at the Good News Conference. Talk to you tomorrow. Ciao, ciao. Adamani. You've been listening to Catholic Connection with Teresa Tamio. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio and EWTN Radio and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Our producer is Andrew Kruchek. For copies of this program or for more information, visit AveMariaRadio.net. That's A-V-E-MariaRadio.net. Thanks for listening and join us next time for another edition of Catholic Connection.